You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Half hour. Hello and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Here to bring you all the casual conversations on the shows, concerts, films that we see and observe throughout our career. Uh, we are just warning you that this conversation will contain spoilers, so please check out the piece that we are discussing today before continuing on with listening. You have been warned. Today, we are discussing... The very first Broadway revival of Funny Girl at the August Wilson Theater in, on Broadway in New York City, starring Beanie Feldstein. And what a show! <laughs> I'm going to give a little bit of uh, just some information before we start, of course. Funny Girl is a musical from 1964 with, a, with music by Julie Stein, lyrics by Bob Merrill, a book by Isabel Leonard from an original story by Miss Leonard, and a revised book by Harvey Firestein. This production that we saw included tap choreography by Aodel Cassell, choreography by Eleanor Scott, and direction by Michael Meyer. And let's dive in a little bit. Well, before we do, I must say, in the 1960s, this was the star vehicle show for Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand does this in the 60s. Fun fact, this original Broadway production in the 60s, when you get gets a bunch of Tony nominations, but wins none, mm. including Barbara Streisand. Do you want to know? Can you Do you remember? I think I told you this fun fact long ago. Who did Barbara Streisand lose to that same year, 1964? Do you remember or no? I don't know. <laughs> but of course he had to throw in, you know, a Barbara. A Barbara. Well, this is Barbara written all over it, of uh, course. Uh, immediately we're a, gonna, a Barbara comment is thrown in here. We're going to talk about Barbara a lot with um, this, but not only that. Um, wait, 60s. 1964, Carol Channing wins the Tony Award for Hello, Hello Dolly, Dolly over Barbara Streisand in this. Which she then went to play that role in the movie, right, after? Well, what's funny is, is Barbara Streisand loses that Tony, and then... Barbara Streisand does the Hello Dolly movie <laughs> and the Funny Girl movie. Yes. So it's very interesting. This was a star vehicle. And that never came back to Broadway, right? Uh, Funny Girl. No, Barbara never came back to Broadway. No, Barbara did Funny Girl, right? She had done one or two shows prior, I believe, but this was her big break. She does Funny Girl, and she never came back to Broadway after doing this role. Um, she just went in the music industry and mm-hmm. the industry. So okay. 1960s. And then we flash forward, and this has never been revived on Broadway till now. I have I, I have re- thoughts as to why. Yeah. And we'll talk about that in a second. But 
Before we do, let's just dive into this production of Funny Girl. Tell, talk to me a little bit about what you thought of this. Do you like the show? As I mean, everyone listening knows I'm a big fan of, of Golden Age musical theater <laughs> comedy. So I... And what am I a fan of? <laughs> not, maybe not as much as that, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> I really want to know what you thought of this. <clears throat> okay. You know, I felt that how I... My whole feeling in this show was it was enjoyable. It's just not always my cup of tea of, like, what I really want to be seeing up on the stage. I think, like, the lighting was great. I actually really enjoyed the set. I thought the characters are interesting and fun. I think there's a lot going on in the storyline. We jump around a little bit a lot. So I've, I've, I've known this story before. I've seen the movie. I've seen regional productions or uh, community theater productions of it. It's long. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I sometimes find, like... Unless you have a really great fanny, it can get a little boring. Mm-hmm. So I do find, like, let me start talking a little bit about Beanie here playing Fanny Bryce. And we all know this is a, a musical telling of the life of Fanny Bryce. And just so you all know, because I was talking to a few people about this, a lot of people didn't know that this was about a real person. This is about a real person. You Fanny did. Bryce was a real comedian, actress, star of her day. And this is a, about her story. And just so you all know, this is a real, real You tr- did even have to remind story. me that when we were leaving the theater and you were talking and I was like, oh, I forgot that this is based on a true story here. Mm-hmm. So I, that's even interesting, too, because then this kind of fuels like what we're going through in the theater world today, you know, taking – different people's life stories, bio-type musicals, but you would never really know that this is a real person because of what Barbara has done for the character and making it her own. Um, When you think of Fanny Bryce, you just think of Barbara Streisand. So now that we have Beanie Feldstein playing this role, for me, it was a different take on the role because from a comedic standpoint and playing the part of someone who's supposed to not be the pretty girl and just be the funny girl, I think she really works. Even though she's pretty, it's like not what the ideal in probably the 60s was for pretty, for the the Follies girls, you know? Well, way before the 60s. Okay, yeah. yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But these skinny, pinup looking type women was not who Fanny Bryce was Mm -hmm. and having Beanie play this role, I think worked. I, but from the part that it it didn't work for me and I'm sure many people have said this already, but from vocally, it was a different take on the role. Some of it kind of fell flat for me at times and maybe that was a choice, but because we're comparing this so much to Barbara, for me, it was like, okay, Barbara really sang that stuff. Barbara made you feel and I'm praising Barbara here, which I don't always do. But she makes you feel some of those lyrics on Don't Rain on My Parade. And in People, some of the biggest iconic songs out of this this musical, I felt those two things were completely forgotten in this production. <laughs> completely forgotten. And I was like, no, it shouldn't be that. I'm seeing this show to see an act one finale of Don't Rain on My Parade that I'm going to be blown away by. I don't know if you felt that way, but... For and you're me, saying it didn't, you didn't feel blown away by it. I was it. not blown away mm-hmm. by it at all. Mm-hmm. There's so many iconic moments that we're so accustomed to in that even when you have someone like Leah Michelle do it in Glee and you are like, whoa, she's owning the stage. I never felt that Beanie owned it in that, that song. And that's such an important mm-hmm. part for her to own. Yes, I hear what you're saying on this. I think that 
from a, fr- a fresh revival of this with a revised book, it's working in a lot of ways. Yeah. But when you look at someone like Beanie holding the whole show together, as Barbara did, it is a vehicle show yeah. for a star. Yeah, She's in the show almost every other scene or every other song. The comedy Beanie gets, she totally gets it. We were laughing so much at all her bit parts. It, it was just so funny. I thought she did a really, really great job. Yeah. The vocals to me were, she can sing. She can, she can sing. hold the notes. She can sing the song. It's not, and I don't want to compare to Barbara Streisand, but it's not a vocalist who can act. This was an actor who could sing. Yeah. The person who was cast in this beanie is an actor right. who's great, who can sing. But I think it was a little bit opposite in back in the day when Barbara was a singer yeah. and is a singer who acted well. And I think it comes down to when you do this show, you kind of have to choose and say, well, what am I going to do here? Am I going to have an actor who can sing or a singer who can act? Does she hold the show together? Yes. Is she funny? Yes. It's The vocals are not where I think I would have wanted them to be either. I think People and, and Don't Land on My Parade are these two iconic songs that, yeah, they were nice. They were good. I didn't have any moments like, oh, my gosh, this is not working. I didn't have any moments like that. Mm-hmm. But it was mis- it was like it was safe. They were safe performances, safe. and I never found Barbara's performances when you listen to those recordings to be safe. There's grit and anger in that. In the movie, when she's at the pier, they're getting ready to go on to the tour, and she doesn't know if she's going to stay. This is the Act 1 finale. And they're saying, you have to stay with the cast. And she's like, no, 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 I'm going to go. And they're all flustered around her, like, but, but Fanny, 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 Fanny. And that, that's where that big breakout, don't tell me not to. And it's supposed to be this, like, mo- and I didn't really, I felt that verve and that fire kind of missing a little bit there. But that, that even comes from the acting part. Because right. Because she was so great at some of the comedy things, but when but she when needed series, to yeah. act through the song, she couldn't. I, I, when I talk about the song People, yeah. and I think of Barbara in the movie, and I think, I love that part of the movie because I think that song is actually gorgeous. It's it's one of my favorite musical theater songs of that mm-hmm. time. It's just a beautiful song about people who need people, right? And I didn't really feel like she needed pe- she you know, she has a lot of people in her life, her mother, her whole vi- her street of neighbors. And so I didn't feel that like longing. She just kind of sang the song and then we moved on and I didn't really feel that song as much mm-hmm. either. But the Cornette Man, the Rat-a-tat-tat, some of those other songs, she was really killing that comedy on, you know? And it's really, I will say this, it's not fair to compare her to Barbara Streisand. No, it's I not. Think I understand that. And not. I'm not saying that we should, because this is a, this is, let's not forget, this is Fanny Bryce. We have now seen Barbara in the film and her do this. Two very different takes on Fanny Bryce. Do yeah. we, any of us know who the real Fanny Bryce is? No, this was a long time ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. But- it's just the same thing as like, I, and I said this to you, I said, when you watch The Sound of Music and you think of Maria Von Trapp and you think of Julie Andrews, when you go see the show anywhere else, is it hard to not think of Julie Andrews? Sure, because that was like, and she wasn't even the original on Broadway, Mary Martin was, but but yes, okay. that was also a historic family, a real family, and that we always just think of Julie Andrews and the beautiful charm that she had in it. And then if I go see a Broadway production or a regional production, I'm immediately, oh, well, does she sing like Julie Andrews? Does she, you know, and that's not fair either. I don't think it's about comparing. It's about letting someone make the character their own. Mm -hmm. But when you are being held on a pedestal to either make the role better or be equal, 
You have a lot on your plate you now, do. and you have to decide that when you're taking a role on, you're going to be compared to Barbara Streisand. Yeah, of course. Especially when Barbara has like a f- quite a few iconic roles, this being like yes. the original one. So when you have something like Barbara and Hello Dolly, which people know her from as well, but then you have someone like Bette Midler come in, right. or, or Bernadette Peters, or Carol Channing, right. and all of these people that were still able to make Dolly their own... Beanie needed to do that too. And she did it in some ways. She did it in some ways and not all. Yes. And not all. So I'm still praising her in the comedy acting. And I think that she actually did better than Barbara. And I did, yeah, well, Barbara did have a more stoic sternness right. to her. That's that real silly comedy came through with Beanie quite a lot. I liked that a lot. Which was like different because Barbara's take kind of was like a, a similar Dolly take. You know, mm-hmm. it's still that same like, hey, I'm Dolly, leave. You know, yeah. so. Well, and that was another interesting too is a lot of people criticized Barbara being cast in that film because she was way too young to be in that film. I mean, she was in her 20s, I think, when yeah. she played Della Do- Dolly's usually played by a much older person. And so, anyway, yes, yeah, but, but and, and we this know is, we know Fanny is a young person, and this was a young, you know, right. Kid. And I like seeing that, but sometimes some of these <laughs> casting choices were a little bit interesting too. So we have Ramin, and Ramin. Let's talk about Ramin. So Nikki Arnstein, I well, Ramin's so charming, yeah. and he's just so graceful in what he does. He sang it well, he danced it well. I thought he was fine. I thought he was. I I may, I think I've seen him in better things. I saw him in the Les Mis revival. I believe he was Tony nominated for that as Jean yeah. Valjean, and he was amazing as that. He's got a voice that is brilliant. Yeah, he and he amazing. was great. He was and great. I think what we really learned from him is like playing this gambler con artist is super real in this production. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it totally makes sense between the connection between him and Beanie. It was almost like he was playing her the whole time, yeah. which I think was a great director's choice there yeah. because we really understood that now he's playing her. He wants her money. Mm-hmm. He's going to use it and gamble it away and then just leaves. Mm-hmm. I thought there were some interesting choices though in just like, okay, Entrances and exits mm-hmm. um, from in the production as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was, and he was he was great though. I really thought he was great and carried that that character quite well. Yeah. Let's talk about Jane Lynch for a second. We have this, I mean, a great comedy role, right? You yeah. think of Fanny's mother, this supporting role. She's got a lot of bit scenes. She's got a lot of one liner zingers. She sings and dances a little bit in there. I find Jane Lynch to be great in the Glee days, in the in the, her best in show, some of those old <laughs> early '90s things. This was okay. Yeah, I don't want to say she was groundbreaking in it. Maybe she didn't need to be. At times, I found it. I felt. I found that it felt a little flat. It was just okay for me. I think another person could have probably really swept this up and really made this hysterical. And I didn't find that she was hysterical. She was just like, oh, kind of funny. Yeah, I think you know. Yeah, I don't know if it's still early on in the run for Jane, but I just, at times it was like line, line, mm. recite the line. The comedic timing was off for me. I don't know if she was right. and It's hard for me to kind of picture her being Beanie's mom. Mm-hmm. It was just like, it looked like she was out of the production. It looked like she walked on from a different production of yeah. something like Oklahoma. Yeah. And then she walked on stage here and she yeah. was like, okay, I'm in Funny Girl. Yeah. I was like, she's tall for the role in here. Like, uh, Beanie's a short. <laughs> well, maybe that was about, maybe that was. It was just, yeah. you know, and it's just a. I find the three comedic relief women in there are so important because yeah. that moves the show along. It's, it does. It's a, a, a part of the show that kind of 
makes time go by. So when we're jumping from year to year or month to month or something like this, and we have that little bit of comedic relief in between, it should have been effortless. Well, and, and I, it felt forced. It did feel forced. And I will tell you something. When you have a revised book by Harvey Firestein, where the estate is like allowing the book to be revised, which yeah. happens and it's great. That that's that's artistic liberties there, right? Harvey Firestein, like comedy gold. Couldn't we have spruced that trio up a little bit? I, I actually, what did I say to you? I said I could see Fanny's mother and the two friends be played by drag queens. I totally yeah, could have seen it, it. or so funny. or been like these hysterical like. You had to remember, like, these are these three Jewish women in Brooklyn playing cards as her daughter's becoming a star. And I think there's this, like, wonderful – and it, at times, just didn't really seem to no, and get the, where I thought it could have gone with, like, the – I always think with these old shows, you have, like, these awesome, this awesome plot, and then the subplot of the comedy and the smaller characters sometimes could be so great. And this just didn't really – Hit those three characters didn't hit as well for me, especially when they're these little vignette moments. They're yeah, no longer than five no, minutes. No, I know. Even that, and you have this set to work with, where they should have been all over the well, set. Well, and that's why I think I had a little bit of an issue with the set. The set in the center, revolving those doors and changing locale, totally worked. When you have a third of the stage on one side as a staircase and a third of a stage on the other, so essentially almost, uh, at least half of that stage is those huge staircases on the side, and they're barely used, it was like, why are we forcing all the dance numbers and all the main acting to be front and center? And when this set took up so much of the stage, we could have had big... The dancing was great, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It was wonderful, wonderful choreography, and the tap dancing was amazing. But I wish there was bigger. I wish there was more room. It was almost like, oh, we got to dance in between these two staircases because the staircases ain't moving. And I'm yeah. like, use the staircases then more. Like, use the set that is being provided. It was, of course, used, but right. it wasn't used as much as I would have liked to have seen. Right. And but, and the set was so forward yeah. that... You know, the last thing that we saw there was what, Mean Girls? So it's a uh, yeah. huge stage. Yeah, yeah, it's a big stage. I, we had a whole school number yeah, on yeah, there yeah. doing tap dancing yeah. and throwing tables and chairs yeah. around and this. And for me, it was, everything felt so forward. And they had there were these two spiral staircases on the sides. And like when I go back to these vignettes in the, the book here, it's like we're waiting sometimes for these characters to come on stage but while things are revolving. But like if it was like comedic punch – they should yeah. have been there already yeah. with their lines yeah. being yeah. like, okay, Fanny, yeah. you're going to learn one day. Right. Or it should have been like, because she's retelling or she's yeah. remembering the story. You know, it starts with Fanny reflecting back on her life. Yeah. Because it ends because, with it, Right. It starts, she's in the present and we have a reflection back. And I will say my favorite directorial theater moment is way at the end when we're now flashing forward back to the present and all the people from her life I think every ensemble member was in a different costume yeah and they all slow-moed around her up the step I thought that was beautiful I was like oh my god where's more of this where's more of this because it was like there's her whole life and every person in a different costume yeah coming back I thought that was so cool I loved that I don't know if that was a director choice or not but and I also say something too Henry Street (laughs) <laughs> this like really corny cheesy song <laughs> and it's like mazel tov fanny but i remember feeling i was sitting there and i was like oh my gosh like the warmth of this town yeah. and this street 
And if there's anything I really did feel out of Jane Lynch, I did feel warmth. I yeah. felt like she hugged her. She supported her. These neighbors, Fanny, oh my gosh, you're... It's like if you come from a small town and you, you can become big and that small town's there supporting And it's a street. And here comes Nikki Arnstein to the street and Florence Ziegfeld to, to... And they're like, oh my God. And they're this... And to see like the Jewish culture of, of women and families coming together supporting her. And I know I was cheesy as a song as every street. <laughs> but I loved that because you know that those communities of people were there supporting each other at the time. And I loved seeing that on stage. I just really liked that. I thought yeah. it was a nice moment. And that, that leads to some of the... Going into that, I find like that song was more memorable than some of the bigger songs yeah. in this production. Yeah. So to go through that, you had some amazing choreo moments in that, and especially some of the tap n- numbers with Jared Grimms. Yeah, Grimms? He, Grimes, and Grimes. Grimes. Jared Grimes. He was amazing he was in a, the tap dancing. Like, yes. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I was blown away. And that kind of leads into the story for something, too, that I picked up. Like, he, I find, like, he actually is really in love with her. With Yeah. Him. Yeah. And she doesn't really go there. And she's she's so starstruck by yeah. Yeah. Ramin the whole time that it's like, he's the one that loves her. He's the one that taught her everything about this yeah. world because he actually wanted her to succeed. Yeah. But she was... You know, blinded by the con artist yeah, here, yeah, and that, and you know, he, I, I actually thought he was like best cast in this production. Mm, yeah, he was great. Uh-huh. He was great. You know, so and in these big chorus numbers, we also have these costumes, and <laughs> the costumes were lovely. I, I loved the song that Beanie did in the costume with the bagels. Oh my! Oh god. my god! I was dying. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. Oh my she, god! And, and and just some of that comedy. It, the comedy is sticking. And you know what? I will also say this score is Jules Stein. You know, just so you know, who wrote the score? He wrote Gypsy. Mm-hmm. I think that's maybe his best. But he also wrote Bells Are Ringing, Peter Pan, and Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. He wrote all the music to these big big shows. This is good. This is good because there's a few good songs, but it's nice to, and it's nice to hear the score again live. It was the orchestra was great, and like you said, the lighting was great, the costume was great, the production is there. You're looking for an old school musical theater comedy revival. This is it. You're gonna right. see that up there, and that's what it checks the boxes. Yeah, for. it does. A traditional old school revival with some names in the cast. Yeah, but like nothing new or groundbreaking really happening in mm. this revival. No, and it didn't need to. It, I mean, this would could have. It, you're gonna wait fifty years to revive it, and then get a new book writer to revive it. It could have had some changes. It could have had some sprucing up. It, I mean, it didn't. Did it still need to be three hours? Maybe it could have cut down a little bit. It's a long show. Although I didn't feel like it was long. It's it kind of flowed really fast I, for me. I did think it, it it flowed quite nice. I didn't really find that to be three hours. There is some filler. But at the same time, like, I don't know what to cut. Mm. What would you cut? I know. Because you have to, it's all important. It's almost like, even at the end of three hours, you still feel like there's so much crammed in. You're you're squeezing. We talk about this a lot on these podcasts, right? Like, when you're trying to tell someone's whole life story in three hours versus, let's tell someone's, like, the last year of Judy Garland's life in a movie, not just all of Judy Garland's life in a movie. You know what we talked about that. Well, what's you know, kind of interesting, I think we talked about this a little bit about like Star is Born, because this, The Funny Girl is kind of very similar. Sim- it is very to similar Star is to Star is Born, yes. And it's actually very similar to like the uh, Judy Garland Star is Born. Yeah. Because yes. there's so much in that Star is Born, like yes. added music wise, like we get the full production. Yeah. 
uh, like a full number of what Fanny Bryce was doing in the shows. Mm-hmm. The same way we yeah. watched Judy perform in Stars. Right. Right? That wasn't really in all of the other ones. Yeah. But I find like that's that's what like I really equivalent this to is like uh, okay they're kind of the same story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know one I, one I think is made up but this is like this is a real person right and 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 I would watch an interview with Beanie who she talks about a lot of the successful Jewish women in comedy or just women in comedy in general yeah. of the last fifty to seventy five years owe it to Fanny Bryce for being a pioneer comedian woman mm-hmm. and saying I'm gonna come out here and just be funny and not be a pretty girl. Yeah. Like the Siegfeld Follies girls, and which was Siegfeld Follies in Broadway history was like huge. Mm-hmm. This that was like a huge Florence Siegfeld was like the you wanted to be in his shows. So mm-hmm. I I think yeah I think it's amazing that Beanie kind of roots it to that. Right, and you're and and like I said earlier, you have to take Barbara out of this sometimes to look at it as a piece without her. Barbara is Barbara. Barbara did what she did. Beanie's doing what she's doing. Beanie's doing. I'm what sure she's Beanie doing, get, but I think. <laughs> From a casting part, I think it is also, are there performers out there that could vocally make it their own and act through this? Sure. And it would be interesting to see if this continues running after Beanie leaves the show, who replaces her? Mm-hmm. Uh, or Ramin or Jane Lynch or some of these people. Are there going to be people going in? Or or will the show close when she, it depends on how they do in Tony Awards, things like that. Definitely, because it would it could get the same treatment like Hello Dolly. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, are we going to keep putting in people? Or like uh, Hedwig, are we going to keep putting in right. different stars because people want to see different productions um, with a different Fanny Bryce? I mean, it's set up. You know, the, the set's already there. The costumes are already there. Do we just fill it now with another take um, on Fanny Bryce? Right. You know, so... But yeah, I, I and I loved it because I love these shows and I love seeing them brought back and I think and I and I always said to myself, will I ever see a funny girl revival in my life on Broadway? It's, it's been years and years and years, so I'm happy. I'm happy they brought it. <laughs> yeah. But you know. Oh, there it is. It's time to wrap it up. So all right, that was that flew by. Um, quick recap, thoughts on this and the show, and what are your last minute, one minute thoughts? Okay, thoughts and maybe even a question for you too is like we we always kind of have this question, but thoughts are the show was fun. Many people will enjoy this. Many people will critique Beanie through till the cows come home because everyone's so set on their Barbara ways sometimes, especially the Barbara fans. The Barbara fans are going to probably go yeah. too in-depth yeah. in this mm-hmm. because they're always going to compare. They're always going to be that diehard fan. But overall, it was a fun production. It's like during this time, coming out of the p- pandemic, you know, still being in the pandemic, but watching revival productions of these shows are great. It's what people are craving. It's what people want. Sometimes people don't want to be so in depth with a story or a new musical or something. They just need some good quality entertainment. And I think that checks all of the boxes here. And my question to you, and then, you know, do your last thing is like, do you want more tunnel vision style um, revivals? You know, I don't tunnel vision's tough because that always has a negative connotation. I I want more revivals. And I want more revivals like Oklahoma. And I want more revivals like this. And I want more revivals like My Fair Lady. And I want more, which kind of changed a little, but not a lot. I I think it's nice to see revivals done always. It's nice to just put it up. If they're going to revive The Sound of Music one day, I just want them to do The Sound of Music because I love that show as it is. But 
But yeah, bring Camelot next year is going to come back with a gorgeous score, but that book is very dated and they're going to read you the book. Great. Awesome. You know, so I'm really open to all things as long as they're removing things that are dated or racist or sexist. And if they remove those things, yes, let's progress forward in a positive way and get rid of some of those dated things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my my quick recap on this is I lo- I like this show. I liked this revival a lot. It's not perfect. It, it It's not Barbara, but it works in some ways. Mm-hmm. And I hope that when the reviews come out, they look at it as Fanny Bryce and the show about her and not just the Barbara show, the Barbara show, the Barbara show. Yeah. You know? And let's see what the reviewers do with it. And I hope it's, I mean, it's selling, it's successful. The music's great. I love this music. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I think. I liked it. I did like it overall as a production. I did. Right. I did. And I only brought the tunnel vision up yeah, no, because it was like, I don't know how you make this your own besides keeping it as it right, is. Right, because some shows do stay as it is. We're going to go see The Music Man in a few weeks, which is probably just The Music Man. You know, there's probably been some slight changes, you know, but yeah, we'll see I that too, that, you know. That's the thing that's interesting about some of these revivals. It's like, you would have never known for something like Oklahoma that you could make the changes that you could to Oklahoma right. so then unless you and get let's inspired. let's see that too, Exactly. So that's for me, like, I don't know how I would get inspired to change this musical. Right, right, right. And maybe because it does not need it. Right, but, right. And it had the revised book already by Harvey, so, yeah. yeah. Totally. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening today. Go check this out if you're in New York area. Hopefully you checked it out before you listened to this podcast, too. Um, go check us out on Instagram at Half Hour Podcast for the latest on all our podcasts at Two Worlds Entertainment as well. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the good stuff. More shows coming, so More keep shows listening. Coming. Let us know what you're seeing. Yes, and comment and, and, and let us know what you thought of this, too. So okay. until next time, signing off for now, I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Saying ta-ta. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.